0: So the theme for today is Freedom from Bitterness and uh, the Bible readings are from Matthew 18 and Ephesians chapter 4. So I'll read those um, to you. The first one from Matthew 18 is the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man and he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Should you have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? (coughs) Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Our second Bible reading is from Ephesians chapter 4. Verses uh, 25 to 27 and 31 to 32. Living as children of light. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbor the truth. We are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you.
1: Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you this morning, uh, to look at a pretty hard word in terms of what it means to live out, I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, be with us powerfully today. Uh, Be at work in our hearts that we're open to receive what you want to say to us. Um, Also, Lord, remove the things that might be in the way of your work, doing its work, whether we're distracted or worried about something else. Just calm us before you, Lord. So that your words not only information, but it brings transformation to our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I commit what I prepared to say to you. Sift it, burn off what's not needed, and I pray that uh, you'll speak through me today. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm not sure if this goes up or down, does it? it feels really high. That's all right. In today's Bible reading, Jesus um, in Matthew 18 addresses something that we all are faced with in life. And that is forgiving people who've hurt us. You cannot live in this world and meaningfully connect with other people without being hurt by someone. Sooner or later, someone will let you down. They might abuse you. They might take advantage of you. They um, might betray you. Or they might do that to someone who you love and is very dear to you and you're hurt, and you're left carrying it around. This hurt, this anger, and you may not know what to do with it. And I suspect there's probably many of you here today, because this happens to all of us, who can go, I know what that hurt feels. I'm going through it actually right now. And for some of you, it's very deep and very painful. It's also quite possible that some of you have been hanging on to that hurt for quite a long time. And it's actually grown into what we call bitterness. Bitterness happens when we carry unforgiveness in our hearts uh, for a long, long time. And bitterness is an insidious thing because it will seep its way into all aspects of our lives. Sure, the person you're still mad at for hurting you, bitterness will affect that relationship. But bitterness, when it grows, actually affects all our relationship. How many of us... us like being around a bitter person. Have you hung around a bitter person? They let off this negative vibe that, you know, you watch someone who lives with bitterness for a long time and you'll see their friends actually distance themselves. So it affects our relationships. The studies that show that bitterness can actually affect our health, our sleep. But perhaps worst of all, bitterness can really affect our relationship with God. So it's, it's something really serious. The only way to stop bitterness from growing and taking hold in our life is to forgive someone, is to forgive them for what they've done to you. And learning to forgive and living in a lifestyle of forgiveness is a very important thing for us to, to tackle and you know, grow into as Christians because you're not going to just be hurt once. You're not going to have to just forgive once. You're going to have to do it repeatedly through your life. And our reading today, the disciple Peter comes to um, Jesus and he's thinking this through, going, I know I've got to forgive people. And we read in, but how many times? So in verse uh, 21, it says, Then Peter came to him, that's Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Now, Peter had been thinking about this, and I, I'm not going to go into all the background historical Jew, Jewish thinking, But seven times is actually an incredibly generous number. He sort of doubled what was accepted, if if you can think of it that way. However, Jesus' answer is very challenging. Not seven times, but 70 times seven. Wow. (laughs) That ups the ante a bit, doesn't it? And then Jesus goes on to tell a parable. And he does this parable to show us that forgiveness is not something we sort of Keep count of and keep score of, it's rather a lifestyle, uh, sorry, a way, way of life that we live in response to God's forgiveness to us. And so in the parable, Jesus tells the story of a servant who was in so much debt, he would never be able to repay it to his master. We're not told how he got into debt, whether it was dumb business decisions, uh, stupid choices, maybe even dishonesty. But as a result of the debt, this is what we're told. He couldn't pay, uh, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Now, the servant begs his master to be patient with him so that he could repay the debt, but actually, if you know the figures, that was impossible. It was just too great. But then in verse 27, we read this. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and he forgave his debt. In these times when Jesus is telling this parable, this was an incredible act of mercy by the master. Unbelievable. And then the servant goes out and meets a fellow servant who owes him money. It's probably a reasonable amount of money to the servant, between the servants, but it's minuscule compared to what he owed the master. And he says, pay me up, pay up. And when the servant couldn't pay out, he has him thrown in jail. Well, it's not long before the master finds out about him and he calls the servant back in and he says to him, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And what's our answer as listeners as we're listening to this parable? What's your automatic answer? It's, oh, should, yes, he should have. It's a beautiful way of telling a story Jesus does here. And because the servant didn't show mercy, he ends up in prison. Um, and he's been tortured for his lack of mercy. But here's the punchline Jesus delivers at the end of the parable. He says, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. And this is not the first time Jesus talks about our ability, how our ability to forgive each other impacts the way God's forgiveness will flow in our lives. In Matthew 5, Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. And what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Wow. Do you see the order here? God, please forgive me as I've forgiven this person here. Or maybe not forgiven. And a couple verses later, Jesus goes on to say, to show us that unforgiveness is a real big deal to God. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I've always found this really troubling. But the best answer I've received from a learned teacher of mine is that, first of all, let's start with with God. We are members of his family by grace. We're forgiven. We're welcomed in because Jesus died on the cross And it's all grace. And grace is God's undeserved love and his undeserved, full and complete forgiveness in Jesus. When we ask God to forgive us in the same way, we are removing ourselves, not God, from his grace. We're stepping aside from it and we're asking God to forgive us the same way we forgive others. We're actually the ones cutting ourselves off from God's grace. And that has serious effects on our relationships. That's confronting. And Jesus told this parable to be confronting, I think. But here's the good news. It does not have to be this way. The antidote is forgiveness. I'm not saying it's easy. Forgiving someone who has hurt us deeply, I reckon that's got to be one of the hardest things we're called to do as followers of Jesus got to be. Yet if God calls us to do it, then it must be achievable with his help. And while forgiving someone who's hurt you can be incredibly hard, it has some incredible benefits to you. One of them I'm going to put on the heading of freedom. Freedom from the constant pain we experience every time we think about that person and what they've done to us, done to the person we love. Um, freedom from the Uh, anger, freedom from the poison that negatively affects every aspect in our life, freedom to grow to be more and more like Jesus as we live in God's grace. So there's a lot at stake here, but much of it's good. So today I want to look at how we forgive because just telling you, I'm sure you've got a lot of questions, and I'm not going to cover them all, I'm sure. But the first is, and I alluded to this when we spread the prayer of confession, is we need to receive... God's forgiveness. In our second Bible reading today, there was a lot of instructions by the Apostle Paul there, but in verse 32 he says, Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. It's that last phrase, the order, forgiving one another just as God has already forgiven you. I think without experiencing the forgiveness of God deeply, it's almost impossible to forgive another person. I know some unbelievers managed to pull it off, and you hear stories of it, but that's very small. Most of us can't do it. Forgiving someone and choosing to bear the consequences of what they've done to us without seeking revenge oh my gosh, how fair is that? It's not. I can't sugarcoat it, it's really, really unfair. And the only way we can do something that feels so unfair to our sense of fairness is to realise that, wow, Jesus died for me on the cross for my sin even before I knew him, even before I might have loved him. That is unfair to a level I will never have to do. Jesus will never ask you to forgive someone more than he's already forgiven you. And that is important to reflect on and think on, and I think that's why we focus so much on the cross and what happened there, because everything we do flows out of that. And I can't help but wonder if the servant in this parable, I mean, Jesus didn't want him to do this because the way he set the parable up, but if he'd reflected on how much his master had forgiven him and then compared that to what his fellow servant owed him, surely, surely that event in his life would have impacted the way he treated that servant. And he would have given him more time. If you're really struggling to forgive someone, remind yourself just how much God has forgiven you. I saw this at work in my life many, many years ago. There was an incident where a couple of people, there it, it was a conflict. It was kind of resolved, but not, didn't go well. And I harboured this bitterness towards these people. Uh, and I off to seminary I go with bitterness in my heart <laughs> to train. First term, I get this uh, class presentation on how God forgives. And I must admit, I hadn't dug into this, and I started reading how God washes me whiter than snow, that when God forgives me, he never remembers it. Well, he does remember, but he never holds it against me. And I started, I must admit, I had this spiritual experience of God's forgiveness that left me on a high for about a day and a half. Here's the weird thing. At some point after that, when I thought of the people I had bitterness towards, it wasn't there anymore. And I didn't even for me, it wasn't even a choice, but it was like God's grace was so impactful on me that it was able to flow through me to them. That's why I make this point. So you could do a lot worse and get your Bibles out and look up how God forgives us. And just read those verses, it'll impact you. The second thing in the journey of forgiveness is to actually acknowledge the hurt and anger. If your forgiveness doesn't visit the emotional core, I suspect it will be incomplete. And we often feel pain caused, but we don't want to acknowledge it. And I know with me, but I've had other Christians tell me this, I actually don't want to own up that what that person did to me actually hurt as much as it did because I kind of feel like I'm being a bit of a, I don't know, whatever. But, um, so I deny it. But actually, we can pull it out and go, That hurt. But I think when we pull it out and go, God, that really hurt, he might show us some things about ourselves as to why it hurts, but we're real about it and we hand that to God, then I think God's work in us to forgive begins rather than denying it and go, oh, it didn't really hurt when it did. That's not being authentic. And I think God works best when we're authentic about where we're at. Thirdly, we just surrender your right to get even. So when you choose to forgive someone, you now make a conscious decision Not to get even. Not to bring it up again in the future. That means if you're arguing with the person who's hurt you, maybe it's your husband or your wife, and you're losing, and you want to pull out the thing they've done for you two years ago and use it as ammunition, you don't. Even when, gosh, you feel like you need to. Um, Now, obviously, if someone, what they're doing is wrong and it continues, you need to call out sin. But... You know, the kind of things where we resolve it, don't bring it up again. It also means that we don't talk about it with another person. I became aware of this and I thought, oh, I'm guilty of this myself. We say we've forgiven someone, this person here, but then I tell this person over here and I go, oh, they did this to me. Boy, it hurt. But I've forgiven them. But what I'm actually trying to do is I'm trying to get this person to think less of that person and in a way I punish them. So if you've made a choice to forgive someone, don't talk about it with other people. If it's a counsellor and you need to do it for a therapeutic thing, fine, talk about it because that's in a different context. But, yeah, we're kind of trying to punish the person when we do it that way. The next thing I want to say about forgiveness is don't wait until you feel like forgiving. (laughs) You won't ever feel like forgiving because it feels unfair. Never feels right. And feelings take time to heal after the choice is made to forgive. And I stress this point even after you've made a conscious decision to forgive someone, it may take quite a bit of time for your feelings to catch up to the choice you've made to forgive that person. And if your decision to forgive someone involves a long time of abuse, it's going to take a long time for the feelings to catch up. And you might be fighting with that. On this side of the grave for the rest of your life. That's what people tell me. I can remember when I forgave someone, it goes back a while now, but I reckon it took me three or four years before I could think of that person without having negative thoughts about them that I'd have to take hold and go, No, stop that, you've forgiven them. It doesn't work too well when you try that, but you know, but finally it settled down where I could think about them, but you know what, I couldn't be in the same room without them. (laughs) And then eventually, longer after that, I could be in the same room and I thought, okay, I think the forgiveness journey is down the track. And you know what? When I think about what made me mad, it was such a petty thing compared to the kind of things that maybe some of you have to forgive a person for. Don't be surprised if it takes years for the feelings to catch up. And in those moments when you know you you uh, just don't feel the feelings, remind yourself, I've made a conscious choice. Made a conscious choice and act on your choice, not your, your feelings. So, why do we find it so hard to forgive? We find it hard to forgive someone because the the, the burden and the hurt we carry can kind of feel like a death. To hold back from lashing out at somebody with interest, to pay it back with interest, um, and hold that back, it can kind of feel like an agony. You know, when, when we're hurt and we want to pass it back with the interest and we go, no, I'm not going to. It's a form of suffering. You're absorbing the debt. You're taking on the cost of what they've done completely. And instead of taking it out on the person, you're bearing it. And some people would say that kind of feels like a death. But here's the amazing thing. Forgiveness is a death that leads to a resurrection. It's a death. To leads to a resurrection instead of a lifelong dying in bitterness and cynicism. You know, you can kind of die over the life, lifetime through, through bitterness and being c- c- uh, cynical, or you can forgive and talk, kind of feel like you die in the moment with all the pain you're carrying. But that's a death that leads to a resurrection. If you choose not to pass it back or pass it around, but to bear it it will feel like death but it will lead to a resurrection and you know what you won't make it to the other side of that journey without being transformed in some way and Jesus will grow I think compassion in you it's kind of like a Jesus kind of death that leads to a resurrection this is the pattern of Jesus you're not giving your bitterness any fuel and so the resentment burns lower and lower as I've said, it's a death that leads to resurrection. When we choose to forgive someone and absorb all the hurt or bear all the hurts probably a better word and the pain they've caused, we enter into the pattern of Jesus. It's the pattern of the cross that I think breaks the cycle of pain and frees us from our bitterness. And finally, seek God's help daily to forgive. If forgiveness is a journey, and I believe it is, you're going to be tested time and time again over your choice to forgive. God wants to help you live in your forgiveness, so he will give his spirit to do that. But God will also allow it to be tested because that kind of builds up strength and resilience from your choice. I've worked with people in prayer counselling situations. I've chosen to forgive someone and I walk out the door and there's the person that that forgiven, And right in that moment, there's a choice. Do I now respond to this person in the newly chosen forgiveness that I just did? Or do I respond out of my pattern of big bitterness? And when we choose to operate out of our choice to forgive, I reckon God honours that. He blesses that. But you might have to re- re-new, revisit that choice time and time again. If you've been hurt deeply, there'll be days you wake up and you'll think of the person, you go, oh, my gosh, all that pain seems to have come back. Have I made that choice? Have I really forgiven them? As I said earlier, live by your choice, not by your feelings in those moments, and draw on God's help. Thank God I'm not feeling it today, but help me to live out the choice that I am going to live as though I've forgiven this person. There is incredible power in forgiveness, It will free you up as a person on the inside. The hurt you inflict on yourself, each time you think about what they've done to you, that will disappear. Your joy will return. You might find your sleep and your health improving. And obviously your relationships will improve. And most importantly, it'll tear down the wall that you've built between you and God and allow his grace to flow fully and freely into your lives. That is the power you'll discover when you choose to forgive someone. And so, my question today is Is God calling you to forgive someone? Is He calling you to. And who might that be? Is is it a parent who's hurt you deeply? Do you need to forgive your husband or your wife? Do you need to forgive your former husband or wife? Former boyfriend or girlfriend? Brother or sister? Or a friend who has betrayed you? Is there someone who's abused you and you relive that pain every day of your life that God's saying, Ah, why not forgive them today? If God's calling you to forgive someone, what's stopping you? Are you afraid if I forgive them, I might be hurt again? Well, here's the thing. While you choose not to forgive that person, you allow them to hurt you every time you think about what they've done to you. The only way to stop that is to forgive them. Yeah, they may hurt you again. I can't promise you they won't. But while you live in unforgiveness, you give them the right to hurt you every day. And they don't even have to be in the same room they don't have, even have to be alive. If you want to reduce the pain in your lives, then forgiveness is the answer, not unforgiveness. And are you refusing to forgive someone because there's no way you can let them off the hook for what they did to you or to the loved one? But while you choose not to forgive, you've actually hooked yourself completely to them. You are giving them power to control your mood, your physical health, your relationship with God. Bitterness can give people that control over you. Do you want them to have that? It's probably the last thing you want. Unhook yourself from them by forgiving them. Who's God calling you to forgive today? This morning I want to invite you uh, to pray a prayer with me uh, that you can forgive the people God is bringing you to mind. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer actually before that to ask God to bring anything to mind. I've been surprised what God's brought to mind when I've done this. And uh, we'll have a bit of time of silence and then we'll pray. And in the prayer there will be a blank where you name the person and then just quickly, specifically forgive them. And it's actually good to say I forgive them and name the thing you're forgiving them for. Rather than general. Hopefully, you've got enough time. If not, you can do this at home later. But uh, let me invite us into this time through prayer. Lord, I invite the Holy Spirit into this time. Come and work among us and show us, each of us, the people we need to forgive to be set free from bitterness. Pray with me. I'll leave a gap where the yellow words are. Lord, I forgive. And now you fill the blanks in. We continue. Lord, now fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live out this forgiveness. In Jesus' name, who made forgiveness possible for all of us. Amen. Let me pray. Father God, thank you for the work that you've done among us this morning in our hearts. And I want to pray your, um, I'll I'll use the word blessing over the decisions to forgive today. Lord, I pray your spiritual protection over our hearts that the enemy won't get in and convince us we haven't forgiven. I want to pray your Holy Spirit empowerment uh, over our decisions here that even when our feelings don't match our decision to forgive, you'll empower us. And I speak And I break the hold that bitterness has over our hearts in Jesus' name. And I speak your freedom of the spirit and freedom to enjoy fully your grace and freedom to live as your people in
0: Jesus' name. Lord, have your way among us. Amen.